All right, welcome in to a special episode of uh, the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. Today, we have an interview with Abe Forsyth. God, I really hope I'm saying his name correctly. <laughs> Abe Forsyth, he is the creator of uh, Peacock's Wolf Like Me. And if you don't know what that show is, it's a show on Peacock. There you go. <laughs> no, it's a show on Peacock starring Josh Gad and Isla Fisher. Uh, Isla Fisher is a, uh, a werewolf. Um, it is a... The show is... Uh, there are two people who, who get together in the show. It's not ruining anything, I don't think. Uh, but they uh, it, it is a show that is a drama and a comedy. I think it's, I think it's more of a... Yeah, dramedy, more along those lines. Um, but it's a good half hour where, you know, Josh Gad is a, is a guy uh, just trying to get through life with his daughter. And, and he meets uh, Mary... And they have this relationship, and also she's a werewolf. Uh, it's oddly serious at times, uh, and Abe and I do talk about the the uh, the relationship aspect because, as much as it is a sci-fi show, it is also a show about love, really love between two people, two human beings, uh, a lichen and a human being. Is lichen what it is? Is lichen what a werewolf is? I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on that. I'm going to say werewolf. I'll stick with werewolf because it says wolf like me in the title. Uh, Abe Forsyth is a creator, writer, director, and executive producer of the show. The, oh my God. Oh, it hasn't even premiered yet. Well, season two of the show will premiere after this podcast has been posted, October 19th. I can talk about this stuff now, right? Because the strike is over. (laughs) I can say the days and I can talk about things. Uh, it's a great show. Edgar Ramirez joins the cast. And if you if you are a person who uh, likes to hear, if you want to see a show with a, a good relationship uh, or a or different relationship dynamic, uh, definitely check this one out because I, it is something, you know, I, I didn't mention this to, uh, to Abe, who's also Australian. Very interesting. I didn't mention this to Abe, but there was a time when Peacock launched and there was, I mean, it had a, it had a couple of originals, but nothing really stood out. And when I saw the trailer for Wolf Like Me, I don't know why I would mention this, this guy (laughs) that I've never met, but when I saw the trailer for Wolf Like Me, I thought, oh, this, this is the, this is a, um, this is like their first big show. You know, Brave New World originally was their like their their first original that was like huge but i also think that wolf like me was a step in a direction it was kind of like when netflix i was gonna say house of cards but i think that was their first original but it's kind of like when another when another streaming service drops <laughs> another big show maybe i just stop talking about that and start talking about wolf like me isla fisher josh gad ariel donahue uh edgar ramirez <laughs> so many people emma lung anthony Taffa. And honor Ladakefu. All right. Abe Forsyth coming up at you. Thank you for listening. And then after this, you'll listen to the episode of the Constitutional's podcast that I may or may not have recorded. I did. Sorry. I'm doing well. What about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Just just like learning how to talk about this show <laughs> yeah it's it's so it's so interesting uh how we do these interviews and you're just kind of like thrust into this thing that you've created for the past 
you know, a couple of years of your life. It's, hey, now talk about it. Now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Distill everything into sound bites. Yeah, exactly. What kind of what kind of questions have you been receiving so far? Oh, look, just um, just go. It's actually been a pretty. You're the fourth person I think I've spoken to. It's been a pretty sort of mixed bag of 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 everything. Um, like, yeah, a lot of the I've been asked about how where the idea came from initially to talking about specific character things for for this season. I know we're going to talk about some post premiere sort of questions, which will probably be easier because I've have stumbled on some of the pre ones of giving giving things away, which I shouldn't have already. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see how we go. Yeah, I, you know, I, I never uh, I give you a, a hint behind my secret to success is um uh, I just kind of let things happen. I just I let people tell me whatever they want me to tell me. You know, it's 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 better that way. You know? Yeah, okay. that's helpful. Now uh, I noticed when I started watching this show when it came out on Peacock, you are writer director for it. I mean, you, it's got to be different for you to for anybody. It's got to be so special to have this this show where you're taking it from conception to the final product and really just running with the ball. Like, I mean, you've got to have some type of uh, pride behind running with everything on that. Yeah. Like I, yeah. You've got to have, I guess you've got to have pride because you need everyone that you're working with to, to really want to commit to what you're doing. I certainly don't want to work with, with people that, that don't see what I see in the story that, that I'm telling and it is important for me as a writer director, if I'm going to commit myself to working on something <clears throat> that it needs to be something that I've either dealt with or I'm dealing with at that time in my life too, because a, a lot of me working on, on the last couple of things that I've made, but particularly Wolf Like Me is I'm still working through similar things that the characters are working through. So by having an opportunity of bringing actors and crew together to all kind of hone in on that together, I'm able to put a lot of myself into it, which means that other people can, can help articulate what I want to say, and they can understand the importance of what this is for me. It's not just a job for me. It's, it is a, all right, I mean, I've been working on this show for the last, it's, it's almost three years I've been working on both seasons of this show kind of full time. Um, and I've, it's, I've never, it's, it's been tough at times for various reasons. Um, it's been draining, it's been um, stressful, but at the same time, it's never not been rewarding at the end of the day. Right. Um, I think that is one of the good things that also comes from, that's also why I like to write everything because by sitting down and having to think through everything, that's telling me how the show needs to be directed, you know, from the inception rather than me coming in and figuring it out afterwards. Right. What's, now, now with with all that in, in mind, what have you pulled and pulling from your own uh, experiences? What have you learned about yourself and within that show? Like you know, just parsing out, hey, maybe I could have taken this situation better for my for me personally, or or, or what? Where where did you where did you find yourself after and during the process? Well, I think like in a very basic way, um, the show came about because it was I was finding it really tough to dates to I'm a single parent I've got a 12 year old son it's very hard finding someone that you want to spend time with or bring into your life because it's not just about finding someone that's that's right for me it's about finding someone that's going to be right 
for my child as well is going to be the right person to expose my child to. Um, and I met someone who I'm going to preface saying I'm, I'm not with, um, but I spent some time with someone at a time in my life um, that I thought, oh, maybe this person is 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 that that person. And it happened to be a full moon on the the one of the nights that we spent together. And then that gave me the idea the next day of literally just this show and these characters dropped into my head because it was like, well, what would you do if this person was a werewolf? Uh, and then the whole story just sort of rolled itself out after that, because at the time I was like, well, you just make it work. If, if this person was a werewolf, you just find a way of making it work because I reckon they'll be so good for, for my child. Right. Um, so that, that for season one gave me a lot to to work with um and then there's still you know just how do you how do you navigate being a parent when you've got a child that's growing into a teenager that's going out into the into the world and finding their own feet that's you know the the storyline of emma in season two starting school high school and navigating that that's something my son is going through at the moment i have been you know, at the end of season one, I I have met someone that now is, you know, with me and, and my child as well, too. And we've been together for a couple of years. And that's been a really amazing thing. It's the first time I've met someone in my life that, that I'm actually wanting to. I mean, we're engaged and you know, we're wanting to spend time together and cohabitate and, and like build a family. So that sort of that I didn't, you know, intend that to happen. But that just found itself providing a lot of things for season two as well. I mean, if there is a season three, it'll be interesting to see where where we can sort of take it further. We have some ideas, but mm. but I think the main thing is just um, in order to put yourself in your character's shoes and express what your characters are going through, you really need to um, you really need to live what your characters are going through. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and in, in, in saying that, you've also introduced speed bumps. You can have. A sort of a, a pseudo happy ending in season one there and yep. there and then in season two hey isla's gonna have a, a baby and you know josh is happy and and we're gonna send the kids gonna go to school but then there's edgar ramirez is coming in to to be the foil and and there's a you know maybe he's got something to do with her past that's beyond her being uh, a, a regular human being too um, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that, but you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, so like there's always in life, there's always speed bumps and, and, and you can recognize that. And, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what living life is about is that you, yeah. you, you hit something, you're going, you're doing great. All of a sudden you hit, you hit a speed bump and that kind of humbles you and brings you back down to earth. And I think that's what Wolf like me, especially with it being half an hour, uh, and a comedy and a drama just really holds things together. Uh, and and with this fantastical environment, it, it lives in. It's great to hear because yeah, and that was the that was the idea too. Is that that this could have been done as a straight drama? It wasn't interesting to me as a as a straight drama. I needed the comedy to to be a release for the more dramatic elements of the show. And then similarly, when the horror comes in, you want that to kind of break everything apart. Every any time that that shows up, and it shows up a lot more, obviously, in season two than it does in season one. But I wanted people to be able to identify with a lot of different characters or situations that the characters find themselves in in, in season two. Actually, the character of Edgar uh, that, that Edgar Ramirez plays, um, Anton, that was an idea I had at the end of um, post-production of season one of like, oh, well, that's an interesting dynamic 
to throw into the mix with Gary and Mary. Now they've found themselves in such a in such a like connected place. What would happen if you brought this person back into into the picture? And I, you know, I think it, it touches on a lot of things that you you uh, guys might worry about when they're in a relationship as well too. Yeah. What if such and such from someone's past came back? Um, and and certainly the idea of what happens when he comes back um, was was the thing that made me go, oh, I want to make season two because I've never seen that before. And I think that would be both really funny and really shocking at the same time. Yeah, I love that. And uh, and I think the final thing I want to mention today is that I love how this show takes place in Australia. You kept it at home. Uh, and it's and now it's I guess it's technically an import to America because uh, because of where it's shot. You know, you never see a lot of shows like that airing. Uh, thank goodness for streaming. But now it's on uh, an American platform. And uh, I just love the Australian backdrop. It's fantastic because we don't get to see that. I mean, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I get, you know, Southern people all around me all the time. Yeah, right. Although that's good to hear, too, because like it was it was. Well, there's two reasons why I wanted it to be set in Australia. Three reasons, actually. Um, it made sense that Mary would would hide out in Adelaide in Australia, that that would be a place that is it is a very isolated, uh, very, I love Adelaide as a city, but it's a very unusual city as well too. It has some darkness to it. So it felt like the right place that, that she would go to. I also felt like exactly what you said, I felt like it would be an interesting for people overseas, particularly in America, to see two American characters in that setting, which also made it feel like there's a reason why these two people came together in that setting as well. And the third reason is I just don't like leaving home to, to work as well. Too. So, so they all worked out pretty well. <laughs> Abe, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I loved it. Uh, good luck with the rest of these conversations. Uh, I know they're going to be, you know, as, as tough no, as no, they no. can be. I appreciated that. They were they were good questions. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Thank right. you. Yeah, sure. Bye. I screwed it up. Constantly. And welcome back to the Constitutional Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If if you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. I don't know why everybody's coming over here. I don't, Just because I started talking does not mean that we can get up from our doggy beds and from our kitty corners and start making noise and coming over here and doing things. There's nothing for you right here, buddy. I'm your host, Chad White. This is a premiere podcast. Uh, episode 268. Let me, let me click on this link yep 268 episode 268 of the show <laughs> i'm thrown off because of the animals it's ridiculous they're, they're coming over here and bothering me oh, we want attention we love you Ooh, get out of here you nerds all right we're back um uh, let's see i may or may not have recorded this after i did uh late night lately the one episode that came out with this uh, the only way you can tell is if you're watching the video and, uh, I'm not wearing a different shirt, but I definitely am wearing something on top of it and you can't, you may not be able to know or tell. Okay. Here we are. Look at, look at his, 
he's back over here. Okay. We have no room. Oh, you know what? I don't know if he's ever been on camera. Eh, he probably has. Who cares? You just heard me slap his little sides. <laughs> What's been going on? Nothing much. Been trying to watch. I've been trying to watch a bunch of... Uh, uh, if you want to know who, what, what, what messages came through on my watch, uh, it is uh, uh, the, the Nest Home Report. I just got an email from Nest, Google Nest, about that. So there you go. That's how popular I am. What's been going on? I've been watching horror movies. Uh, actually, I've been, wa- I've been working a, uh, about – stop. I've been working uh, probably like 11-hour days. And um, uh, at work – at my my current employer, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, and um, I uh, I got home yesterday Sunday. This episode is very late. Oh my god! I just forgot something. <laughs> I got home Sunday. Hold on, we'll, I'll do it in a second. I got home Sunday, um, and uh, I I was. Uh, 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 what was I doing? What was I talking about? Oh, I got home Sunday. So this is why I've been working. I, this is what happens when I've been working so long. I got home Sunday and I was so, so, so tired. And, you know, I made dinner, um, which was leftovers from Saturday before. Uh, so it wasn't that healthy. I made dinner and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching, I, you know, I've, baseball and, and uh, football. Or football ends and another game begins and baseball starts. And and so I'm watching both. Uh, thank goodness for YouTube's First of all, I have, I have very big issues with YouTube TV's multi-view. First, uh, it should be for any channel. It shouldn't just be for sports. Second, um, they should have done this years ago for 70. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jeez, Louise. These – I am so sick. I re- Okay, here's the thing. If you wa- – I'm going to go on a little tangent. If you watched or listened to last week's episode of uh, whatever show, whatever shows I did – Constitutionals, late night, late night, lately, and uh, LinkedIn logs. At some point, I might have complained about like a thumbs up appearing on the screen, uh, doing a thumb, an animated thumbs up. Turns out it's not OBS; it's Mac OS that's doing it. I thought it was uh, OBS doing it. It's Mac OS, and you have to turn them off, and you have to go deep into the settings. I saw an article about it because I had to Google about it, and I didn't know. But if you hold a thumbs up. A thumbs up pops up on screen. I don't like that. If you hold two thumbs up, then you, you get uh, these. Uh, you get this fireworks or something. I think a peace sign does balloons. I think a double peace sign does something else. I don't know. I don't like this at all. And it's so and it scared the living daylights out of me, which is appropriate because I was talking about horror movies. So I so I got home last night. So I mean not home last night, but I got home. And I'll figure out how to turn them off at some point. But I got home and, uh, and I did dinner and I was laundry and cleaning all this stuff. And I'm sitting down and I watch some of these games and I go, you know, I have I have no, like I have no, I don't care what happens in these games tonight. I'm just gonna watch uh, uh, the Nun Two. And I turn on the Nun Two for maybe a minute. Uh, and also I have the Nun Two because I have screeners. I have screeners from work. Uh, which is the uh, one of the great pure things of working about working at W Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, do I, boy, do I love that company? <laughs> oh, it didn't do it. It didn't do it. Hold on, boy, do I love that company. The thumbs up isn't working when I want it to. <laughs> uh, and so I turn on. So I, I, so I have the screener for the Nun Two, 
as well as Blue Beetle. Blue, I I watched Blue Beetle because it's got a, a Latino lead. I had to give a brown person. Uh, I don't usually watch superhero movies, but I was like, I gotta support brown people. I also have the screener for Barbie, uh, which I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, and they're all in 4K, which is very neat. Anyway, I'll let me stop talking about that. Uh, but I, I turn on the Nun 2, maybe a minute two, and I go... Because the entire time... I'm a huge fan of the, the Conjuring universe, and the entire time I'm going, I think I've seen this. I think I've seen, I think I've seen the Nun. I think I've seen the Nun. And I get in, and I'm like, I don't think I've seen the Nun at all. <laughs> and then I Google a trailer for the Nun, and I go, oh my God, I haven't seen it. So I go to Max, turn on the Nun... And at this point, it is 8.20. You know, Sunday night football has barely started. Baseball has is like is, has been on for 20 minutes. And I'm just sitting there in this chair, and I'm about to fall asleep because I, it's just, I've just been, you know, working so many I, – I, so I work so many hours. I, work, I wake up at like 4. Uh, instead of going to the gym on the weekend, I got to go friggin' work. How dare they? But uh, falling asleep in the chair, and then I just – I wake up at like, I don't know, like 8.30 something, 8.40 something. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't watch this movie. It was sad because scary things were happening. And I know they were because my eyes were like going open and open and closed during the movie. It's not because the movie was boring. I love the Conjuring universe. I like the I like the Conjuring movies. I think the last two Annabelle movies were great. Uh, the first one could have some improvements. Uh, most of these movies could have some improvements. I, I like, uh, I it's... It's very interesting to me. I th- I just think they all work on uh, even the ones I don't like that much. Uh, La Lorna is not part of the universe. I just recently learned, um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> all right, let's get all these stories. I've been talking long enough. This comes from Variety, written by Brian Steinberg. CNN and NBC set to battle for future of streaming news. Now, if you if you haven't been paying attention, both NBC. And uh, uh, NBC Universal and Warner Bros. Discovery have independently launched their own streaming news shows, and I'm not I'm not talking about NBC News Now. Or excuse me, uh, I'm not talking about um, NBC News. The like like how ABC News has a streaming thing, uh, and I'm not guys, guys. Please, this is business. <laughs> business. Maverick, leave her alone. Come, don't bite me. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, NBC's been doing this alongside ABC with the ABC News Go and NBC News Now platform or whatever. Uh, but more recently, NBC News has been weaponizing, and I don't say that <laughs> the term that that means like they're they're coming after you, but they've been weaponizing NBC News Now. As a way to uh, on on Peacock, as a way to have uh, new shows, it just did it. To have new shows uh, premiere on there, you know, like uh, Meet the Press now that is now being hosted by Kristen Welker, uh, and then there's CN, uh, excuse me, Warner Bros. Discovery, which launched CNN Max, which is a part of a free a free part of uh, the Max platform with streaming news, which will which uh, has posed. Um, a problem for Max, uh, wherein that uh, in that rather, uh, uh, Directv is mad because they're saying this is uh, taking away from the views of regular CNN proper on their platform. But who still has Directv? 
Who can relate? It's from Logic. I don't listen to Logic, but uh, I think that's a very funny line. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a serious song, right? <laughs> He's talking about being half black and half white. <laughs> Who can relate? Uh, okay, but with CNN Max, you're getting original CNN programming. Or, excuse me, original news streaming programming on live on CNN Max alongside CNN International, some shows, and some regular CNN shows, uh, including their primetime library, which includes Jake Tapper's show, The Lead, which is not primetime, that's late in the afternoon, but still. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing because cable news used to be relegated to what? Cable. I mean, that's the only thing that they were on. But now they're giving they're getting this whole chance to give correspondents not 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 just including anchors, but reporters and uh, uh, a lot of producers who are rude to people in the control room <laughs> who have to be called out on because uh, I'm not putting up with that. <laughs> Happened uh, three times last week, and boy, you better believe they know who I am now. <laughs> that's very true, uh, but. There's a there's a lot of uh, I mean I mean it gives a lot of chances for people for them especially just to make these different shows and have different voices even if they're all going to be pushing the same agenda more or less. Um, but I love WB WBD and CNN so much. <laughs> but you might remember that CNN, in particular, already tried that with CNN Plus. It was subscription based, but nobody wanted it. And also, it was a waste of money, and that's why Chris Lick got rid of it. Uh, uh, you know, I think like a couple of days after it launched and what it felt like, but CNN max is 24 hours and it's got a lot of regular CNN proper guys, please. I'm, I'm telling you, I know you want to go outside. Give me an hour. Oh, interesting. I'm reading something that, uh, explains why, uh, we had a pizza party at work. Because somebody big was in the office. Do I know what he looks like? I don't know if I saw this guy. Oh, I think I did. I think I walked right past him. Actually, no, I think he walked past me. You better say, you better believe it. The CEO of CNN was in the office today, apparently. And that's why, and that's why I was there. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. That's why I was working today. Ugh. (laughs) Should have been off. Should have been home. These are all things I'm just now realizing because I have not read this article. <laughs> I had to work today. Usually I don't work Mondays or Tuesdays. In uh, a video message delivered uh, today to CNN staffers, which I did not see because I was not at work. <laughs> that was on Friday. Thompson said TV is too dominant at CNN and digital, uh, too marginal, according to a person familiar with the matter. He added, quote, despite some recent encouraging developments, I don't know if I'm allowed to be saying this, uh, like the launch of CNN Max, this company is still, I don't know if I'm like, can I be objective? I can. This company is still nowhere ready uh, near for the future, near ready for the future. CNN declined to make senior executives available for comment. Meanwhile, NBC Universal News Group, under the aegis of its chairman, Cesar Conde, has spent the past few years building a broad portfolio of new streaming products. Uh, we've got they've got new versions of uh, or extended versions rather of the Day franchise of some MSNBC shows of Dateline all appearing on Peacock, and they're easy and accessible. And now you're able to uh, enjoy 
uh, streams of the of NBC News through Apple TV and YouTube and Roku and Amazon's Fire TV, all through these free channels. I mean, there's a a lot of people still watch cable news for better or worse, uh, and it's still it's still a viable option uh, for uh, you know the people to get their enjoyment. Stop giving me thumbs up. <laughs> But Fox News has been doing this for a long time with Fox Nation for not a long time. But then, and, and apparently, I think that's doing well. Um, I don't, I don't exactly know. It's not my, uh, not my bag. <laughs> and uh, and then along with on Fox Nation, they also have different entertainment products. You know, uh, they had Tucker Carlson's extra shows on there, and I believe they have a Kevin Costner tour show, like world tour show or something like that. And, uh, Roseanne Barr did stand up and there's a, a quote, a new series about the history of alcohol led by alumni of Saturday Night Live. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. CBS has built a wide array of streaming hubs that offer both national news programming from anchors like John Dickerson and Tony DeCopel, as well as local news from CBS owned news stations. Uh, and, uh, you know, streaming streaming has really pushed news into this a future platform, um, it, but I think it's going to take a lot more than fancy shows. Uh, it's going to have to, to, in order to to drum up viewers, it's you're going to have to have a lot of, um, uh, I, I mean, just good anchors doing their job, good anchors and reporters doing their job. People will follow. You know, if people want to see Cassie Hunt host a host a show. Uh, uh, or, or you know, Jim Acosta host a show and tune in live for it on Max. They're gonna have to be really good at what they do. They want to see if they want to see uh, uh, Anna Cabrera do something on NBC. Then, then she's gonna have to you know put her voice into the project and just do it right and do it well. That's why people like Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes. You know, that's why people. Uh, 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 like those up, like the Fox people, because they can they can relate to them and they say stupid things, <laughs> not the stupid things part, because they can relate to them. I would love to see an expansion of CNN on uh, on on Max proper, and I do think MSNBC, excuse me, NBC has a lot to offer with that Peacock product uh, for the news. I do, but I do think that they need some sort of because uh, see, like right now, Meet the Press now is doing Israel Hamas live coverage, breaking news live coverage. But there's got to be an easy way, and Max is doing this really well. There's got, Maverick, but there's got to be an easy way to for Peacock to separate what's live, what's new, and what's old, and what else you have to offer. All right, let's move on. Now, Paramount is probably done with limited series. This comes from uh, Max Goldbart at Deadline. Nicole Clemens, who is the uh, Paramount Television Studios uh, uh, president, said, Jesus, Deadline, you got to stop with the, don't show me, as I scroll, don't show me stories, please. Maverick. Good lord. He's not allowed on the couch. 
she said that uh, that they're focused. Uh, excuse me. That they are uh, focused on global stories that quote have broader appeal and are propulsive and entertaining. That means shows like uh, The Offer, which is which told the story of how The Godfather is made. Uh, they're not going to happen right now. They're going to do, you know, shows like Frasier, things that they can make multi multiple seasons of. And I've always wondered, uh, like this bat the Bass Reeve show, I guess that's coming out from Taylor Sheridan. Uh, I'm guessing that they see that as part of that universe. So it's, you know, the, the Yellowstone universe. So it's, so it doesn't seem like it's one season, but you know, where's that put 1889? I think that's what it's called. 1889. And where's that put, um, the other one. Now that's the same one. 1889 is the one with Sam Elliott and, um, uh, uh, the country people who those people were. They were great. They were good. I forgot their names and I truly, and I listened to one of them and I just can't, uh, Oh Jesus. Now this is rude. 1899. It's not 1899. Oh, that's the, uh, 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 the, the show about, um, on Netflix. <laughs> 1883. That's the show. Cause I still haven't seen 1923. 1883 is the one with faith, faith Hill and Tim McGraw, Sam Elliott and LaMonica Garrett. I wonder, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they see shows like, uh, Bass Reeves as a part of a bigger thing, or maybe they maybe it's called lawmen colon Bass Reeves. So maybe they're going to do lawmen colon, you know, Billy the kid or whatever. Uh, he's not a law person. Uh, there's apparently there's other shows under the Yellowstone banner like uh, Fort Six's Ranch and 1944, an untitled sequel series. I mean, it, it, this makes sense. Um, and and it's and as we've seen, uh, 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 award shows like the Emmys really push towards separating what is a limited series, what can be considered, what's the definition of limited series. Uh, uh, and what is and what is a show with multiple seasons? We saw that with um, the Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus. They tried to uh, Disney tried to submit it as a limited series, but a I don't think it had aired uh, a, a majority of its episodes yet, and b they were mulling a second season, so that would take it out of limited series status. But if they were only planning two seasons in the first place, isn't that a limited series? I don't know. I don't see it as such. Uh, I don't think that I don't know why I opened Authy. Uh, I I don't think that really works in their favor. And uh, I mean, I, it's just you know, it makes sense for for a company not to want to rely on a limited series because that I mean, a show, a TV show costs so much to make, and people are going to rewatch a movie. They're going to rewatch you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. They're going to rewatch Irishman. I named two Scorsese movies. <laughs> Don't know why I did that. They're gonna rewatch Mission Impossible: uh, uh, Dead Reckoning. They're gonna rewatch um, um, uh, what, what's the movie? Five Nights at Freddy's. That's on. That's gonna be on Peacock. But is someone going to sit down and watch Lawman Bass Reeves again, or season? You know, or you know, a, a limited series? Are they, are they gonna watch The Offer again? And I think that's what they're. You know, what she's. That's what she's not saying, but that's what they're getting at. Stop. Speaking of streaming, is Disney 
planning on merging Disney Plus and Hulu. This comes from Cord Cutter News. Luke Boom. Disney will reportedly offer a new bundle deal for Hulu and Disney Plus in 2024 and will merge the apps later this year. Now we've seen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think this is all conjecture, but we've seen uh, uh, hints that they'll do this. And they've said that they, they, there, there's been, there's been two fronts for, for Disney Plus and Hulu um, and Disney as a whole. They've said before that they want to, they offer them separately and keep them and keep, you know, uh, Hulu as the the thing for you know adults and whatever, and then Disney Plus is the thing for everybody, and ESPN Plus as a thing for for sports. But now we've in the past two years, you know, since they started that that conversation, it's been there's been more of uh, them offering shows that are usually on Hulu on Disney Plus and them offering shows that are usually on Disney Plus on Hulu. Case in point, the new Goosebumps show is on both Disney Plus and on Hulu. It's more of a kids-friendly, you know, horror show, but it, it fits in great with the horror-themed things that the the hub that lives on Hulu. And then there's uh, Blackish. I believe Blackish uh, has been available on both for a long time. Proud, Proud Family has been available on both for a minute. Uh, so... And we know that Disney bought Hotstar in India, and uh, and Hotstar is uh, the Indian version of Hulu. So that's where you know shows from Hulu live. Does it make sense for them to create a giant super app for all this stuff? I mean, look at Max. Max is a place where you can watch uh, um, uh, Cartoon Network things alongside Adult Swim stuff and. And HBO stuff and, and CNN and, um, and and sports and everything. However, a lot of those shows still live elsewhere. There are a lot of uh, the, the Justice League show and Justice League Unlimited and the Batman, I believe, are all on Netflix. And then um, uh, uh, Adventure Time and Clarence and uh, Gumball are all on Hulu and Steven Universe. Would it make sense... For and, and now we're in this world where we've got AMC shows, AMC Plus shows on Max and, and uh, Max shows on Netflix because they have to make this extra money back. Would it make sense to make a super app for all this stuff, to make an offering where, they, where everybody can watch Hulu and Disney Plus and uh, ESPN Plus stuff? I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. But... I, I think I think a bundle will work better because you have to give people options. What's the main draw here? Disney Plus, Hulu is the is and, and ESPN is the uh, is the second the thing that people also flock to. Hulu is the outlier here, and it sucks because Hulu should be the main product. Uh, okay, let me see. Now they cite Bomas. Bomas cites Robbie Whelan from the Wall Street Journal with an article called Why Nelson Peltz Grew Impatient with Disney's Turnaround Efforts. They're talking about ESPN's future, the problems with Hulu. A plan, apparently, to integrate Hulu into Disney Plus has hit its road bumps and in April was delayed amid company-wide cost cuts and layoffs and a growing to-do list for the company's uh, technology development teams. The tech team working on integrating the streaming service into Disney Plus pushed the project deadline 
to the end of the year from September, the people said. Key features designed to attract new customers is, li- is newly launched Hulu slash Disney bundle, which have been delayed until March. When the new Hulu tile launches, it will not uh, include all the content currently on the platform. Disney is still negotiating some licensing agreements for shows and movies. It also won't immediately offer some functionalities such as personalization of Hulu programming based on subscribers past uh, uh, Disney Plus viewing as initially planned. Disney has projected that these features as well as uh, as well as one that would prompt viewers to sign up for a new Disney slash Hulu slash Disney Plus bundle could draw as many as 150,000 subscribers to a new Hulu slash Disney bundle over the next year and potentially generate millions of dollars in revenue, according to the person filming the matter. Now, I in their their use of the word bundle makes makes it seem like Disney Plus is going to be the main app, and then in order to get on this new Hulu tile. You're going to have to, and and Max is doing this with sports uh, come February of next year, you're going to have to pay an additional 10 bucks. So on top of your, I think I think the Disney bundle just charged me today for $11. On top of your $11, you're also going to be charging another $10 in order for you to get everything that's come from Hulu. I don't, I mean, this, this idea, obviously, they were coming to this at, at some point. They can't have two streaming apps, but it just, it just, it just seems so uh, uh, rushed, and and they should have a, you know, there's still they, the problem is they were editing movies. A lot of one of the problems is they were editing movies, to to on on Disney Plus, and you know, it's, I don't expect to see R-rated things with the Disney moniker. They own Hulu. So that's what we have to deal with. Okay, this next one comes from The Wrap, written by Eileen A.J. Connolly. NPR lost only 1% of its web traffic after leaving X. Last year, NPR and several of its uh, affiliate stations, including KUOW in Seattle, Alias in Los Angeles, and Minnesota Public Radio, said we're leaving Twitter after Elon Musk labeled the uh, the public radio network as quote US state affiliated media. They stopped posting uh, on there on April 4th and then April 12th posted a series of tweets sending users to its newsletters app and other social media accounts. And now they are still doing just as well as before uh, they left. It makes sense, too. I think the people that are going to NPR are really just they're typing in NPR.org. They're not the ones sitting on uh, on Twitter scrolling through. And I'm not saying that a certain type of person does that, but now probably a racist, a sexist person does that. I'm not calling it X. <clears throat> the, the way that, uh, you know, I mean, just in order to continue to have um, uh, people doing coming to your website, you just have to have good reporting and you have to have a good name behind your back. Uh, the Kansas City affiliate KCUR found that it was able to compensate in its coverage of the shooting of a black teen who rang the wrong doorbell just days after the station left the platform. It set up a live blog and focused on posting to other social media sites. 
uh, particularly Instagram, where it reached a new audience. You you can find new audiences. I mean, now we have a thing like Threads that is a part of Instagram, but you can find new audiences on other social sites. I think you know a lot of dis- misinformation rather can can pop up on all of these social media sites from YouTube to Instagram to TikTok, but in particular, when it comes to uh, uh, to writing, I I think that. Uh, you have to have some side, some type of reliance, and you know when it comes. I that was those are two different thoughts. I just mixed up. Um, there, you can find a new audience on these other platforms. Period. Also, I think it'll be hard. I'm thinking about TikTok in particular, in order to to really report something because you can't really just you can't really just put text and let it and let it live on the TikTok platform. God, he is so full of energy. And I'm really trying to have a serious conversation. One-sided, as always. NPR has said that Musk threatened in May to give its handle away if it doesn't start posting again, which is just a childish move. Social media is important, I guess, for this new stuff, but I wouldn't rely on it to... Bring readers in. It's an additional thing. It's an amuse-bouche. It shouldn't be the thing that drives your main clicks. Finally, Neil Shaw, Wall Street Journal, the cost of canceling a huge concert up to a million dollars a night. People like Springsteen, Madonna, Aerosmith, Lil Baby, they all had to cancel concerts this year. Springsteen for health reasons, Madonna, same thing. Aerosmith, I believe, is the same thing, too. And I think Guns N' Roses as well. I don't know what happened to Lil Baby. Uh, when, when a huge star cancels, it affects everybody. People who flew in, people who uh, took the night off from work, from watching the kids. These things happen at last minute. Rescheduling is not easy. We saw it happen here in Atlanta with, um, uh, I believe, uh, Drake and 21 Savage. They rescheduled to a Monday and a Tuesday show. Finding a new date is hard. Did I say who wrote this? Neil Shaw. Yes, I did say that. While rescheduling a show for a future date mitigates the financial impact, it doesn't make up for the fact that a bustling venue packed most of the week had a night when nothing happened. Generally speaking, a sudden cancellation could mean an arena losses uh, loses out roughly on $500,000 in revenue, according to some estimates. For music's largest shows, stadiums, events, a dark night can mean a million or more. Then there's the advertising costs that you have to toss on top of it. So if you're promoting, if it's, if it's March and you're promoting Madonna for May and then she cancels in April and then she's like, hey, I'm going to be back in September – then that advertising budget has to be broken up that entire time. Concert promoters assume the financial risk of staging events by paying artists renting venues and marketing events. When an artist cancels, they're stuck with any marketing and production costs incurred pre-show. So that means that uh, uh, radio things, TikTok, Instagram you know, videos sent out. If a cancellation occurs while in, well in advance, the impacts might be minimal, and if the show gets rescheduled, initial costs can be considered part of the expenses for the rescheduled show. But you still have to market. 
Then there's opportunity costs. Music venues are a different story from promoters. They end up losing the potential profits from food and beverage sales, parking, concessions, merchandise, ticket fees. Major venues typically don't obtain insurance because what they're losing isn't money they've paid, but the cash they could have made. Insurance helps, but not a lot. Not all the times. Not all the times. It's, I mean, the, I mean, for, for worse, besides all this business stuff, it sucks for the person, the consumer, who is looking forward to that show, especially if it's something that was canceled last minute. That Madonna show, I believe, was canceled, uh, the, the original time was canceled uh, like the week of or something like that. Can you imagine like being ready to go to a concert and then it's just moved back? I'd be so mad. Hey, speaking of mad, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I talk to your favorite um, uh, people. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Abe Forsyth. (laughs) That may or may not have been the thing that I meant to record uh, prior to me doing this. But I'll do I'll do it at the end and you won't even know. You won't even know. Let's see. Okay. All right, that might be another interview I could drum up. I just saw something. I got an email. I got an email I sent out. What are you doing? If you want to see a video version of the show, head to youtube.com slash comedy, where you can also see video versions of our other shows, um, Late Night Lately, as well as LinkedIn Logs. You can follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at C Comedy, me at Chad Black White. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Thank you for listening, and this is the end of the show. Bye.